in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Jesus' birth of 
the Word became flesh and lived among us. Whereas St. Paul so plainly writes to the Galatians, God sent his son, born of a woman. That too is the Christmas story. Now back to the controversy. How did Jesus become flesh? Well, we're going to respond together after I finish this sermon with these familiar words. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. And hey guys, yes guys, gender specific. It took an unmarried female teenager to bring Jesus into this world through childbirth. Yes, childbirth. Now listen, I've been through four childbirths and would be so patronizing to preach that I know of the physical pain involved in childbirth. I was simply given my line, push, push, you're <laughs> Jesus was born. He didn't simply float down from heaven. Jesus was born through the natural process of childbirth, through the Virgin Mary. Jesus' first crib was a manger, and as one of Good Shepherd's farm-raised parishioners reminded me last week, a manger is a pig's feeding trough where food is taken up while slobber is dribbled down. <laughs> now, the bottom line is that faith is real, not theory. I preach this to emphasize that something real in the flesh changed on the night that Jesus was born. One of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, simply had a way with words. And he writes the following about what God did in the birth of Jesus. Quote, Supposing God became a man. Suppose our human nature, which can suffer and die, was merged with God's nature into one person, then that person could help us. He could surrender his will and suffer and die because he was made. And he could do it perfectly because he was God. End quote. I think somewhere very deep down in God, 
the human race was deemed worthy to come down to in the flesh, in the flesh of Jesus. I think that we all need to be reminded of this. I'm reminded of it by you, by your very lives. Because somewhere along the line, many of you stopped believing a lie. You stopped believing the lie enough that you parted ways from it. Because you were raised in some kind of faith tradition that unkindly preached and taught that the flesh was evil or unimportant or both. I know this because you told me so. You left the so-and-so church because you simply got tired of being told negative things about your flesh. So somewhere deep down in you, you began to believe that God deemed you worthy enough to come down to this earth in the flesh and the word became flesh and lived among us. Here's a prayer in a prayer book, and it's always been one of my favorites. And it starts off this way. Oh God, who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature. Dignity. Our dignity is what God has restored. And it's not dignity limited to the flesh. It's dignity about our nature, our totality. It's not limited enough to the hurting in the flesh as if that wasn't enough. It's all that surrounds it. For example, what brought us to the hospital? Why did we have that operation? Whose life other than ours did it affect? And on and on it goes, because there's this domino effect when it comes to human nature. That baby that lies in the manger abolishes the lies that have been told about <coughs> us, about our flesh. That baby that lies in the manger lived on this earth just as we live on this earth. That baby that lies in the manger will hang on the cross and die. We will die. Since Jesus is God, Jesus made life and death holy by living and dying as one of us. From the manger living 
to the cross, dying. St. John tells us that Jesus is now close to the Father's heart. Resurrection. God deemed us worthy to come down to in the flesh, and the Word became flesh and lived among us and died among us. Jesus is now close to the Father's heart. And one day, Jesus will call us all close to the Father's heart.